Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very, very exciting. It is exciting. I feel like I should have introduced it being like, hi and welcome to this week's podcast where Bella is having an existential crisis about what I should do with my life. I just, I feel so unsure about everything right now and I feel like I need to share. I feel like I've started, I was thinking about how I think about this podcast and I literally feel like it's a journal about my life. Like, uh, I feel like we're on the phone to each other and it's kind of, like, I feel like I know you all. I feel like you all know me like really well you know everything that's going on in my life literally every you know everything that's going on in my brain which is kind of weird to think about like you probably know more than people who actually know me like do you know like like in person like physically know me if that makes sense like people on my course and stuff like that like you know more than them which is weird to think about I quite like it though I feel like it's like friends globally you know there's friends everywhere which is nice to think about so it's existential crisis I don't know if what I'm doing is on the right path and I don't know if what I'm doing is what I'm meant to be doing and it's been massively playing on my mind recently. I don't know what I want to do come September. I've been in the very lucky position that like every time I finish something, I've had the opportunity to stay at home and work it out from home. So after I did my degree, I just moved home and I worked it out from there. And after I did my A-levels, I could have stayed at home. Like I got into uni, so I didn't need to, but that was always an option that I had. And now that's just not... Like, because I really want to stay in London come September, I've now got this pressure of finding something, and I just feel so, like, ugh, like, I don't know what I want to do. And I feel like I'm putting too much pressure on it as well, because I feel like I'm meant to know what I want to do, and I feel like I thought this Masters would narrow it down and make me know what I wanted to do, make me feel more direct in what I wanted to do, but I'm now realising that's not the case in the slightest. If anything, it's opened so many more doors and avenues that I didn't know about before, which is a good thing, because now there's so many other career paths that I can do that I didn't know about and I wasn't qualified for. But it's also like, what do I even want to do? Like what? And then there's also me questioning, like, why do I want to do that? Do I want to do that because I think I should do it? Or do I want to do that because I think I have to do it because I feel like I've committed to that career path now? I feel like everything I've done has led me up to that point and now I feel like I have to. I felt this way when I left university and I had, so I did medical microbiology at uni and I worked in quite like in a lab and I got a job after I finished uni at a lab in Edinburgh and it was doing diagnostic testing. It was really interesting. It was a great job, but like it just didn't work. It wasn't paid enough for where it was and I couldn't drive myself there and it just wasn't going to work out. I knew I was going to be really lonely if I did it, but I almost like I went through the entire interview process and got offered the job and I nearly took it because that was what I thought I was supposed to do and I didn't do it and I didn't go and I ended up staying in Scarborough and like it didn't work out straight away but it did all work out in the end and now I'm doing the masters and I feel like I'm doing that thing where I'm not I'm not giving myself time to work things out I'm not giving myself breathing room to work things out which is so important but it's just hard to give yourself that breathing room when it feels like there's this impending deadline coming it feels like there's this thing that I've got to sort it was like this way the housing thing of like I kept looking, I kept looking, I kept looking. And it was too early, it was too early, it was too early. And then it was on time. And then eventually we found one, but it was stressful. I guess that's the thing. Everything's a stress until you sort it, but you only need to sort it once. I only need one person to hire me. And then I'm hired and I don't need to stress about it anymore. But it's like working out, what do I even want to apply for? Do I want to do consulting? Do I want to be an epidemiologist? Do I want to go into public health? Do I even want to go into science? All of these things just keep going around my brain and I just feel like I'm not getting any... I don't have an answer. I kind of... I kind of wish... 
Like, I don't wish... It's not that I wish I could go into the future. Well, I do. I wish I could go into the future and find out exactly what I was doing and then be like, okay, it's going to be fine because that's what I'm going to end up doing. I do wish I could do that, but I know there's a joy and there's a comfort in not knowing what you're doing because then you could do anything. And I'm struggling to find the comfort in that, but I recognise that there is a comfort in not knowing and that not knowing is important. Oh, it's just so hard. It's so hard accepting that this, I don't know what I want to do, but like, you know, it's a tricky one. And it's like an overwhelmingness one because I also need to stop putting so much pressure on it. It's not like whatever I decide to do has to be my dream career. It's just a job. And if I don't like it, I can swap. Like, I'm not selling my soul for this job, do you know? Like, it's not forever. But in my head, I'm treating it like it's a forever thing, which it's really not. It's really not. I've also missed all the dead graduation deadlines, so that's great. Not the graduation deadlines, the grad, grad scheme deadlines. But then I was also thinking, like, do I even want to go into a grad scheme? Like, I am qualified enough now to work as a job. Like, to be paid, like, well for what I'm doing. So, there's so many things. And then there's You've Got Mail, which, like, imagine if this could have been my job. Maybe it can be half my job, but I feel like I was thinking about what the podcast was, as I said earlier, and I was thinking about what it means to me to be on the podcast and to have the podcast and how it's growing and stuff. And I just... When I think about the things that make me happy, it's, like, communication, it's talking to people, it's those social relationships, and it's a social desire for change. It's, like, I want to have a positive impact on people because I can see the impact that that has, you know? And I feel like I worry sometimes that what I'm doing is, it's easy to be, I was speak. this is why I wanted to come onto this today, because I was speaking to this lady. So I do this telephone fundraising job. My last shift was today, which is so good, because it was draining, I can't lie, like it was really hard fitting everything in. But my last shift was today, and so the job was calling up old alumni students, raising money for the LSHTM scholarship fund so that we could pay for students to come to London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. And it meant that I got to speak to so many different alumni students and it was a brilliant opportunity to speak to people. And I had a really lovely conversation with this lady who had chosen a different career path than what she had studied in. She had become a teacher and she'd done medical microbiology and... I asked her, I was like, how did you feel after switching jobs? How did that make you feel? Because it's the thing that I'm struggling with at the moment. I'm grappling with the idea that what if I actually don't want to go into science? Have I just wasted a year of my life? Have I actually just wasted it and should I have just done the Sainsbury's? Because then this has been the other thing. Should I have done this? Should I have just done the Sainsbury's job? But then I know the Sainsbury's job didn't make me happy. I know I could have done it, but it didn't like... It didn't, like, set my soul on fire. It didn't, like, make me think, God, I love this. And I know so many people that have jobs like that that they don't love, that they do for the paycheck, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not something that I want. I think I want to have a job where I feel like I am making a difference, where I feel like I am making a positive difference, and I can see that, and that instant gratification from the job is something that I need to motivate myself with, but I just don't know if that would have done it for me. And I spoke to her about this, about what, how do you feel having swapped? Like, do you feel like it was a waste of time? And she was like, absolutely not. Because the skills I learn in studying, the way of teaching that I got taught, the way of, like, at the school I am, you get, like, leading, like, top world-class researchers that are telling you about their work and telling you what they've done and telling you about their life and their career paths. And you're exposed to so many different studies. Like, you're not taught in the historical sense about things that are going on. You're taught in the you're taught like active research that is currently occurring 
And this is what has been the thing that I've been really kind of struggling with is wondering like is it all gone to waste and she said absolutely not because the skills I learned in research the skills I learned in because she became a teacher the ways that I learned how to teach were invaluable and although you are learning a specific subject if you put time into any subject you could learn it it's just books it's the skills that you leave LSHTM with that are going to serve you the best that knowledge of how to learn the best ways to study, the best ways to research, the best ways to use like statistical analysis and different data like that, that's what's really important. And I think that's been something that has kind of given me peace of mind in knowing that even if, like I do want to stay with this like masters, I do want to stay in science, but if I decide to not stay in science, what I've done has never been a waste. I think there's quite a few things that I've done that haven't been directly relevant, but I guess that gives you a really interesting skill set. Because if you've done loads of different things, no one is going to have done all of the different things that you've done. I feel like the amount of people that have done medical microbiology and then have done like a software engineer internship at Sainsbury's Tech and then have done a master's in the control of infectious diseases and then like that's pretty strange skill set. And then also have a podcast, which is totally unrelated to what they're doing. I don't know. It's a, every, all of us, and I'm sure you all have stories like that as well, like unique skill set stories. I feel like... It makes it okay. It makes us human. It makes us good. That's what makes you employable is your unique skill set stories. You know? I think that's the biggest thing that if I could give you tips for. Start getting those stories down. Start doing those things that make you stand out. Do those weird jobs that make you a bit different. Choose a career path that doesn't always make sense to everyone else but makes sense to you. This wasn't meant to be a career path type. This is meant to be a life update. I've just been having a slight... If you speak to any of my friends, I've been having a slight crisis about what am I going to do in September because September is only six months away and this is the thing I hate about having not okay hate's a bit strong this is the thing that's like I find draining about ADHD is it's like one stress and then we're on the next stress and then we're on the next stress then we're on the next stress and it's something I need to train myself to stop doing because it's getting kind of overwhelming and it's getting a little bit like it doesn't need to be like that life doesn't need to be like that But anyway, other things that I've done this week, apart from have a total existential crisis about what I'm going to do in my life, I have started my new modules. So I'm doing one module on medical anthropology, which is the study of human behaviour. And it's so interesting. And I love it. Part of me wonders if I should have gone into social sciences, but I never did them at university because it wasn't an option. And I wonder if I'd have enjoyed, I think I'd have loved sociology and psychology. I think I'd have really found it interesting. But then I find viruses interesting too, so... Maybe I kind of think I'm interested in everything. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone else, but I do feel like there's not... Like, I could find anything interesting. I listened to a podcast on cave diving, and I was like, this is so interesting. Maybe... I feel like I'm just quite inquisitive. I ask a lot of questions, and I like to lo- know like the answers to things. So I feel like I could have found anything interesting. But I'm really enjoying medical anthropology and like the determinants of disease. No, the social determinants of disease and how you can study people to f- improve. Like people epidemiology, I think is really interesting. I think if you like this podcast, and like you think similar to me, you might, oh god, I keep putting my foot in this thing on the floor, if you like the podcast and you find the things that I find interesting also interesting, you might also find medical anthropology really interesting, so I would definitely recommend looking into it, I'm really enjoying it, we were looking at like ethnography, which is the way like you can study people through interviews, and I was like this, it's like the science, it's like a scientific version of journalism, that's probably very wrong and I'm only one week in, but I loved it as a module and like 
within the first 10 minutes, I was already Googling jobs in it. I really, really enjoyed it. I also, as I said, had my final shift at work today and I can't wait to have more free time because, guys, it has been stressful and quite draining. I can't lie. This has been a hard month, but I'm so proud of myself for doing it. I'm so proud of myself for doing it. I have also... I went shopping yesterday, which was very nice. I got from Zara this long white denim skirt. It's so nice. And then I got a top. I saw this girl on TikTok... She did a video all about the basics that you need in your life. And I don't have any basics and I realised I need some more. And so I got this like vest top. But she said to wear it back to front and then you get a high neck and a low back. And it looked really nice. It looked really nice. And then I got two of these. I didn't know you could get tube tops. It's like a boob tube but long. They look really nice. It's just like a bandeau, like off the shoulder style tight fitted top. And I need some more of these. And the best place to get them from are next. They're only £7. And so I've ordered them and they arrive into town today. So I'm going to go pick them up tomorrow. Um, so I did that. I spent quite a lot of money. Oh, what else? Did I, oh no, I got those three things, four things. And then I went to McDonald's. I was really craving McDonald's. I don't know why I never craved McDonald's, but I was just craving chips. I don't know why. So me and Maisie went there after we went shopping and then we came back and drank red wine and watched a documentary that I'm going to talk about in the new things I've done this week. Not right now. I will talk about it, but later on, later on. I also skipped a night out that was happening last night, which initially I felt kind of like maybe I should have gone, maybe I should be doing that, but starting to realise how to prioritise my own feelings and what I actually want to do and realising that sometimes I'm out-socialised and sometimes I just can't fit it all in and this was one of those times and you know what, for the first time I didn't overthink my decision, which was nice, it was refreshing not to be overthinking anyway. But anyway, I feel like I have waffled for long enough. We're going to talk about social media this week's episode because social media I think is something that's changed massively throughout our life. I think as a generation, social media is really interesting to consider because for some of us, it hasn't always been there and its implications on our lives has massively changed over the past 10 years and will continue to change. So anyway, onto this week's podcast episode content area, which is all social media, the good, the bad and the ugly. So today we are talking about social media because I feel like my view of social media has changed a lot over the past few years. I know I did a social media podcast, not super recently, relatively recently, but not super recently, but my opinion of it continually changes. And I think it changes, especially on what period of growth that I'm in with You've Got Mail. And I think that's important to know. I used to hate social media, hate it. If you like, don't go stalk my personal profile. I actually don't use my personal profile anymore. I just use it because I have friends on there that I follow. Like I don't actually post anything on it anymore because I just... I don't like, I don't know what it is about social media. I feel like I'm not making sense. There's too many ideas I have that I'm suddenly realizing, but I like creating content and creating a page for something with a purpose. You've got mail. I know what you've got mail is. I know you've got mail is me, but I also see it as something that I've created. And I know the posts I post are me, but I also feel it's like creating this image of what I want to be like do you know what I mean but I also don't feel like it's me I feel like it's you've got mail I think it's a podcast it's something bigger I really didn't like posting Instagram on my own private Instagram account like private not private like my own personal Instagram account I used to hate Instagram with a passion I would get so much anxiety from posting photos I used to post like once a year if that 
I really didn't post that often in the slightest. I got so much anxiety about people looking at me. And I know it's really silly, but I really didn't like used to draw attention to myself. I didn't like posting on Instagram. I didn't like the idea of Instagram. I didn't like the idea of attention on me. I found social media so anxiety inducing that I literally didn't used to use it in the slightest. And then when I started dating my current boyfriend like, my confidence in myself and who I was started to improve and, like, develop, and I started to actually like who I was, and I started to not feel so ashamed, and I did post something, and I started to realise that it didn't really matter, and now I really like social media as a creative outlet, but I think this is the way that my viewpoint on social media has changed, is that now I see it as, like, a creative outlet for doing, for producing a version of something that I like. I think this is the issue with social media, is that people view it as truth, People view it as an actual insight into someone's life. It's not an actual insight into someone's life. It's an insight into their book that they have written. Like, you need to stop imagining it like it's a totally neutral photographer taking the photos and posting it based on them. It's not like that at all. It's like you are reading my journal and I have decided what I'm going to show you. And whether that's truth or not, you don't know because it's just what I've decided to show you and you're not going to have any information about it. And I know some people have more like honest Instagram accounts and that's great. They've still decided to show you that though and they didn't have to. And they also might show you, might like, do you know, I think the issue with it is, is that people think they're seeing everything. You forget that you're seeing a highlights reel. Whether it's a highlights reel that includes everything, it's a highlights reel because no one posts every single thing that goes on. Well, some people do, but not the people that I follow or like, it's not what I do. I re- Sometimes I go like a week without posting. I'm like, oh shit, I'm meant to be posting regularly. I'm meant to have content. And then there's this other pressure of having content. I was speaking to one, I'm not going to name names because you know, like privacy issues. But I was speaking to one of you on Instagram and we were chatting about social media and you made a really interesting point about how social media has changed in the way that it's pressurised. Pressurised, is that the right word? Like, The pressures on social media used to be the pressure to get the perfect selfie, the pressure to be this perfect person. And now it's a pressure to have this perfect life, the pressure to have this perfect aesthetic. The way you described it was like the pressure on selfies has now changed into the pressure to have a perfectly aesthetic photo dump. And you were talking to some of your friends and you were saying, well, maybe not your friends. I don't like, don't go off the facts of this story. I'm probably not telling it correctly, but the basis of it was you were talking to some people and they were saying about how there is a perfect way to curate a photo dump which then goes against the entire idea of having a photo dump because the concept of a photo dump was being able to put a selection of photos out there that were just like random. There was no real thought to it. It was just like an insight into your life. And that's why I love a photo dump because I feel like it's like little things that I've done each time. And like, I love a photo dump. But I then got thinking about how is this how social media is changing? Is it now no longer focused on the person, but the life that you lead? And then I was wondering whether is that to do with social media changing or is that to do with us changing? We're getting older now. The perfect selfie, it feels boring now, but the perfect life, the life that you create for yourself, as you get older, you have more autonomy over the life that you do create. Is that what the pressure is now changing to is that why we've changed into this need to have a more aesthetic lifestyle as we get older is because you have more autonomy over your life therefore you can control it more therefore it's something that you want to show more that's interesting I hadn't really thought about that before just then maybe when you're younger the dream is to create this perfect like you 
you aim to create a perfect vision of whatever you have the most control over. And as you get older, your control over your life widens. And this is why this need to portray a perfectly aesthetic life occurs more and more and more as you get older. I think things that are aesthetically pleasing are strange. Because what what I like the look of, you might not like the look of. And it's all just trends, it's all just cycles. And I think this is where social media take with a pinch of salt. I love social media in the terms of it lets me connect to all of you. It lets you see an insight into my life. It lets us feel like it's less disjointed. And I think that's really positive. I think that's where social media is great. I think the connectivity and the creativity that stems from social media, it's opened a whole new world of areas to explore that was never there before. And I think that's really exciting. The reason I don't like it is this pressure and this need to create something that isn't necessarily there. And I think the amount, like the connectivity is something that makes social media so great. But I think one of the downsides of social media is that you have access to everything and that can be very overwhelming. It can be very, it can feel quite tricky at points when you've got so many different people following you and expecting something from you or equally you're following so many different people and you're expecting different things of them and it's training of you to our mind to think not training maybe not training was the wrong word but I just feel like it feels very overwhelming feels like quite anxiety inducing everything that we have to do and this is where I struggle with social media and I've had to learn to put more boundaries on myself and my own understanding of social media the first thing that I've been quite clear to say to myself is that it's not real Social media isn't real and you should never be putting more time into social media relationships than real physical relationships. I guess what I mean by that is you should never be putting more time into internet relationships than real life relationships. Because personally for me, those real life relationships are so much more valuable. That's what makes you grounded. That's what makes you reminded why you're here, who you're here for. I'm not saying like FaceTiming and stuff with like family. I'm not saying that's bad or anything like that. That's not what I mean. I mean... Stay grounded in the present and where you are actually and realise that social media is just an extension of this reality. Stop thinking of social media as the reality and this is an extension of. I think that's where social media gets dangerous is where you mix up the two. You mix up what's true reality and what's an extension of the reality. And when you get that muddled, you start spending your time in different sections. This is where VR gets a bit scary. I think I remember seeing this thing that Meta are doing and... They're creating a virtual experience where you can train, you can practice teaching, you can practice driving, you can practice surgery. And the implications of this are massive. We're going to be able to create the best surgeons the world has ever seen because the amount of practice on real life patients that you're going to have is going to be incredible. But then does this start transitioning our world from grounded in reality to grounded in the internet? Yes. It's turning us into this Wally type of environment where we're just sat there, just constant consumers of entertainment of different types of entertainment I feel like it makes us less self-productive on the things we're able to do for ourselves you're not able to come up with these ideas anymore you're not able to think of ways to entertain yourself you don't imagine things anymore you fail to use your mind for its creativity and you just start ingesting I think that's where I think that's the thing that is starting to change about society the productivity in creation and the productivity in imagination and I think that's, maybe it's not decreasing, but in my mind it's decreasing because there is so much more of a pressure on capitalism and productivity and going, 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 going. Whereas beforehand, in the analogue world, which is the world before the digital age that we're in now, you 
you were very present in everything that you were doing because you were never connected to anything else. If I said I'm meeting you at 3pm at the clock tower and we're going for an ice cream, we're meeting at 3pm at the clock tower and we're going for an ice cream and that's where I'll meet you. Like, I'm not going to call you up again because I can't call you up again because it might not get to you in time. I do think this other thing is that our generation are very bad at sticking to plans. We're very bad at sticking to things. We think we've got more autonomy over our decisions but that can also lead to people being let down and I think that's a sad side of what's going on I think that's tricky is you know when you've made a plan you're really looking forward to it it's now so easy to cancel you just send a text and I think that's where it's shitty I wonder what our lives would have been like if we'd have been in this analog world and I wonder how things have changed and I wonder which way things have changed to be a better way you know I don't know the right answer I think both have pros and cons. I was listening to a really interesting podcast by Richard Hammond, a diary of a CEO, and they were discussing the differences between the analog world and the digital world and which one is better. And I would really recommend you to listen to it. It was a really good episode. I found it really like, it was a really good episode. It gave me a lot of food for thought and I've chatted about it with a lot of people since then. And they were discussing the different pros and cons in each. And I was thinking about my own pros and cons. And I think we are very easy to shit on this time that we're in now. It's very easy to not be interested. It's very easy to not think that what we're doing now is important or is, no, not important, but I'm saying it's very easy to think of that as more important, as more beneficial than this because the grass is always greener. But now we have more access to more information than we ever had before. Now we're not just memory banks, we're computer processors. We're processing information constantly and our brains have got quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker at doing it. And you wonder if, although, yes, we are feeling slightly overwhelmed now, whether evolutionary terms, we will change. Will we grow? Will we, will our brains change the way that they're going to be to adapt to this new way of living? I don't know. No one knows. It's kind of cool to think about it, though, isn't it? The way that these new pressures that we are under, how they will change how we function as a society and how we function as human beings, I think is a really interesting thing to consider and an interesting thing to think about. If you were feeling as you were feeling right now for the next thousand years and you could change whilst you were still alive, like you were constantly adapting, how do you think you would adapt? What things would you change? What ways would you grow? I just think it's interesting to think about. Then the analog age had many benefits in the terms of making you present. I think it made you more grateful for the things that you do have. And I also think there's that classic thing, isn't it, of you're always grateful for what you don't have and those that were born in the analog age are so much more grateful for the technology that we have now. I just take it as like like a given. Of course I can just Google that name. Of course I can just Google that job. I can research everything so easily. There's so much information at my fingertips. But there wasn't that before. Your access to education was limited by your social status, your financial status was limited by things sometimes out of your control, but that's no longer the case. You now have access to so much information and you can educate yourself, which I think is an incredible... The, like, I think that's an incredible thing that's changed. I think that's really, that's a positive use of social media. And I think it's made education. And you wonder how many more lives, like, you wonder how much richer the knowledge is in our society now. But then I also think the negative sides of like having the digital age that we're so much less good at concentrating now. We're not good at focusing on one thing. We're not good at being present. We're not good at focusing on the time being. The grass is always greener. And I think it's tricky to consider how things have changed whilst you've, you're there. I think it's really hard sometimes to put yourself neutrally in a situation, imagine yourself in both, because you're never truly neutral because of your biases that you've grown up with. But then in medical anthropology, 
So the study of medical anthropology is the study of humans and there's this concept called the outsider and the insider. And the outsider is someone going to a foreign environment, an environment that's not like their own, and they're an outsider in that environment. And when you're an outsider in an environment, you are able to acknowledge things that an insider wouldn't necessarily think were strange. It's your job as an anthropologist to make the familiar strange and the strange familiar. And it's this idea that everything that is like us brushing our teeth twice a day, someone who isn't from this, someone who isn't from the society or culture that I'm from, might find that strange. And then they can speak about that and it's a really interesting way of studying people because as an outsider you acknowledge things that not everyone else else acknowledges. We skip over these very like fundamental things in our society or like habits that we do that we just think are normal we forget they're not normal for everyone we generalize our habits to everyone in society and that's not the case and I think that's what's interesting for people born in the analog age compared to the digital age is they're not outsiders I'm not saying that but they have an outsider view on this technology we are an insider view because we know technology how to use it we it's, it's what I've grown up with I've grown up with how to use technology, but these people haven't. And it's interesting, their admiration for it and the power that it has. And also their worries about it. I think as a society, we can be quite quick to forget the dangers of it because it's so intrinsically related to our life. I was thinking about how I think social media and technology will change as we go forward. And I think it's going to be a lot... I think it's going to become like this symbiotic relationship where... Oh, that's the wrong word. Symbiotic is where you rely on each other. Mutualism is in is where like you both benefit so symbiotic is like connected mutualism is where you both benefit from the relationship and i wonder if this is where technology will go we'll start to both become more intertwined but using it in a way that benefits us all how was i relating this to social media you know i don't know maybe this is the way i think social media is changing though with the mutualism type of thing i think people are becoming more aware of the dangers of social media more aware of the bullying on social media and how social media isn't always real And with that, it's making social media work for you. I think the things that I do to make social media work for me is when I post a thing for You've Got Mail and I imagine it like I'm posting it for You've Got Mail, I find that a lot less daunting and intimidating and it doesn't bother me as much. And that's the thing of how I've changed my use of social media to make it work for me. I think the thing with social media is my biggest tip for going forward with social media and my stance myself going forward with social media is realising that It's an extension of this reality, but it's not a reality in itself. So to not put too much pressure on it. It's a really exciting place to grow. And I love the TikTok channel and I love creating content and I really enjoy it all. But stay grounded in where you are now. Stay grounded in the present. Stay grounded in like what is true. Make sure you don't get muddled up with all of that because I think a lot of people do. And that's that's when you start spending too much time on the other side of the world. It's not really there, you know? I wonder how I'm going to go forward with it. I don't really know. I don't have a plan. It's working for me at the moment and... I probably scroll too much, but I enjoy creating the content and it's given me an outlet, a creative outlet that I really enjoy. And so right now, my opinion of social media is positive for its creativity and connection, but it's also wary to make sure that I don't slip into the bad old habits that I used to have. But anyway, onto the questions for this week's podcast episode, all about uh, social media. How did I just stumble over my words and I forgot what we did it about. It's literally, I've just been talking about for 20 minutes. Okay, so on to the questions for this week's podcast. I'm sorry if you can hear me tapping. It's just because I'm struggling to tap. Okay, how do you think is the best way to have a healthy relationship with social media? I think it's writing down your truths of what you think social media is and wondering how this can 
play into your everyday life. I think the way that I have a so healthy relationship, and it's not healthy all the time, I get jealous of people, I compare myself to people, I overthink things, I overthink a lot of things, but it's made me become quite aware of these things that I do so then I can reason to myself logically when it happens. A lot of my biggest issues in life, I guess, are me overthinking and worrying and putting too much trust in my emotions rather than logically thinking about the reality of what is going on. And I think that's the best way to have a healthy relationship with social media is being able to logically reason to yourself that it's not real. It's not real. It's an interface on which you can socially interact with people, but it's not real life. And it can lead to some incredible things. And I acknowledge that it can lead to some really incredible opportunities and connections and friendships. And I, I get that, like it does. I've met so many of you and I love you all dearly. But I think it's realising that it's important to step away. And I think as long as you have that in your mind and set like set things with yourself. So my thing is that the mo- I charge my phone on the other side of the room. Um, I don't just sleep with my phone next to my bed. Um, and this is because I was going to sleep scrolling, waking up scrolling. And that's not a healthy way to be. I listened to a podcast by Jay Shetty and he was saying about how the dangers of opening social media as soon as you open it up. You're overwhelming yourself with so much information. That's not how your brain needs to be. So I don't do that anymore. And I think... That's how you make social media have a healthy relationship is realizing how you're interacting with it and questioning whether or not that is healthy and being very self-aware on it. Tips on how to use less social media. Well, you can set the limits on your iPhone. I do that. I have 40 minutes for TikTok and half an hour for Instagram every day. That is quite a lot, I know, but I edit content and I record content, so it's not that bad. Um, I think less social media is giving yourself other things to do. When I find myself scrolling... When I find myself getting bored, like, if I want to scroll, it's because I want a mindless activity and I'm bored. Just watch some TV, okay? Read a book, do some journaling, do other things that are going to engage your brain because, or even, like, just listen to a podcast. Like, you want to use social media because you're bored or because you feel anxious. I think this is another thing. I've become reliant on going on my phone in moments of anxiety or moments where I feel awkward. And I'm trying to get better at it. It's not going very well, but I am trying. But I think that's an interesting way that society has shifted into these anxious moments of where that's now what you cling on to. It feels like a blanket. It feels like you're not as lonely if you're on your phone as if you're just stood there, which is strange, isn't it? Because you're just scrolling, but it makes you feel connected to people. And I think that is the beauty of social media. It makes you feel connected. And that's a really positive thing. But I think realizing that there's nothing wrong with being on your own there's nothing wrong with standing on your own in a coffee shop there's nothing wrong with reading a book like neither what not there's not better ways to use your time you know I think that's helped me how to stop spending so much time on social media another one like that I think the ways that I stop spending so much time on social media as I just said it's the setting the limits it's also realizing that I spend time on social media when I'm bored when I'm tired when I'm run down and give myself other things to do I struggle with it guys it's not easy like I spend way too much time on my phone and I know I do but I'm aware of it and I think the fact that you guys are aware of it that's the main thing that's like important you know okay next question oh I just cut my finger I know why did you start your podcast I started this podcast because I'm the oldest. I have two younger sisters. They're like my best friends. I love them. And I didn't ever feel like I had anyone to talk to about what was going on in my life. They had me to talk to. They had me to see my mistakes. They had me to see what was going on in their lives. But I never had that person. And I craved that relationship so much when I was growing up. In those moments where it was really hard, in those moments where I just felt really lonely, I felt like I had no one to talk to about what was going on. And I just craved that relationship. 
and I didn't want you guys to feel like that and so I just started the podcast and then once I started it I realized that it's actually a really good way for me to debrief my mind and feel calm I feel the calmest when I'm recording the podcast episode being able to like word vomit all of my thoughts it makes me feel so much less overwhelmed and I think that's something that's been a benefit that I didn't really realize I think that is why I've continued with the podcast I think it's enough to have a motivating factor that's for other people but you also have a motivating factor that's for yourself you have to be benefiting you as well as something else in order to continue with it otherwise it's really hard to continue like like I have been producing an episode every week for the past maybe like 30 weeks that's quite a long time to not have a break from it for to have things to talk about to be able to come up with content and it's like it is tiring at points but I really enjoy doing it I know I feel so much better after it so that's been that's been probably why I carried on with it I enjoy it how do you deal with overthinking not very well not very well talking to people talking to people is my favorite way to deal with overthinking because overthinking usually stems from something that I feel overwhelmed no, that was the silly thing. Overthinking comes... Yeah, no, overthinking is when I feel overwhelmed and I overthink when I'm tired as well and when I'm hungry. And so the way I've stopped overthinking is I've started talking to people when I do feel myself overthinking and spiralling. And that's been really helpful for me is realising that I'm not alone in this experience, that I'm not alone and that there are people to reach out to. Okay, final question. Well, no, I should, I'll do a couple more quick ones. Music you're loving at the moment. I made this playlist called Velvet Voices ages ago. I love that playlist. You know, when I love creating playlists, I've realised I have quite, like, an analytical brain. Like, this is so nerdy. I'm going to share it anyway because I feel like I'm in too deep now. But, like, with playlists, I like putting them into categories. Like, if I listen to a song, I'm like, you're in that category, you're in that category, you're in that Like, I know where things fit. I feel like my brain just, like... I, I'm very decisive on a playlist that something would go into because I feel like it matches the theme. And that theme of that playlist is just, like... It's, like having a coffee in the morning, it's like just very, it's great, I'm going to link it in the show notes, you can listen to it, that's my favourite playlist at the moment, okay, let's do some of the anonymous questions, let's see, have you ever had any surgery, ooh, not plastic surgery, well actually maybe it's plastic, no I don't think it is, so you guys might not have seen, because like it kind of doesn't show up in photos that well, but I have a scar on my lip, and it comes from like it's like, it was quite a big scar, but it's healed so much now. But when I was seven, I had a bike accident and I fell and I scraped all of my cheek off and had a massive like cut in my lip. Like I split my lip open, but like I'm talking from my nose all the way down to the bottom of the lip. Like it was hanging apart. It was really, sorry, that's a bit graphic. I should have maybe done a warning, but it was really gross. It was really bad. And they were gonna host they were gonna airlift me to the nearby hospital like guys it was really bad (laughs) it was really bad and anyway it would have taken too long for the hospital for the helicopter to come so parents had to drive me and like I just remember being in and out of consciousness as I was going there because literally my face was hanging off and then when we got there they brought in so on call there wasn't a surgeon on call and so they brought in this, this, so they, they brought in this really top surgeon, it was his time off, and they brought him in, and he volunteered to come in, because he knew the implications of the injuries that I'd had would last me forever, like, if it wasn't done well, my operation, I would have had massive scars all along my faces, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know, they just wanted to try and minimize the damage that would have been caused, and so I guess I've, I've had surgery in that sense, and that he sewed my face back together, pretty dramatic, maybe I'll do more on injuries and stuff later I don't know but yeah that's the short story of it so yeah I guess I have had surgery not plastic surgery but surgery in the sense that he fixed my lip 
Um, would you ever get with me? I have a boyfriend, so probably not. Um, also, I don't know who you are, so probably not. Um, what did you dream about last night? I had a horrible dream that my best friend, housemate, moved out of the house and left me and my other housemate best friend to live with the house on her own. And because she's lived on her own before, she had loads of, like, belongingy type stuff and she took it all out and our house was so empty and we had to find a new housemate so I think you can tell that I am a little bit stressed ATM um let's do a few more how am I feeling today I'm feeling good feeling tired it's I'm tired at the moment but I am feeling good and I'm grateful for your listening and I'm glad I have the podcast and let's pick a few I'm gonna quickly pick one more who are your best friends I have so many best friends I don't want to list them all out because I feel like maybe they don't want to be listed, like anonymous type vibes. But I have my best friend from childhood. I have my sisters. I have my friends from uni. I have my friends from master's uni. I have my housemates. I have their friends, but I wouldn't class their friends as my best friends, but definitely friends. I have family. I don't know. My boyfriend. I have loads of best friends. And I think I've had different best friends for different times of my life and, like, people you're closest to, like, ebb and flow, but they always remain close in your heart, you know? You might not be as in contact with them, but I know they're there and they know I'm here and, like, it's nice. Okay, final one. Um, The surgery one was interesting. I'm trying to find a good one. I want... Oh, share... Favourite hobby... Does podcasting count as a hobby? One of my best, worst things about ADHD is that I don't ever switch off. So I feel like all of my hobbies tend to be something productivity related, which is just bad. And it's something I'm working on. My mum's forcing me to work on it because she's like, you literally never relax. And I'm like, I know there's no off switch and it's exhausting at points. So I don't know what my favourite hobby is. I love walking and sightseeing and going on holiday and traveling and clothes and shopping and doing things. I think my favourite hobby is doing things. I don't know what, it could be anything, but I just love activities. So anything, and I'd love it. I really like sightseeing though, and going out for food, and going out for drinks, and going to art galleries, and oh my god, this is just like, I love seeing things and experiencing things. Can that be a hobby? Maybe, I don't know. But anyway, on to the new things I've done this week. So on to the new things that I've done this week. So this week has been, it's been a nice week, you know, last night me and Maisie, we just, we got some wine, we got some popcorn and we started watching, you know, the murder murders. I don't know why I said it like that, but that's the only way I can think to say it. We started watching that on Netflix because her boyfriend watched it and said it was really good and it is really good. I am invested. It's about this family in like Southern America who basically are above the law because they are the law. They're family of solicitors for the county and they're mega wealthy, mega rich and their name holds a lot of power which means they can get away with everything and it just slowly starts to unravel everything that they've got away with and it's shocking and it's very recent, like in the past five years and so I've really enjoyed watching that. I feel like we've got half of the final episode left to watch but I don't think it can be the final episode because I feel like there's still so much more to talk about but I would definitely, if you like like a murder mystery type thing, I would definitely recommend watching that. Other things I've been doing differently recently is like, 
I don't know why, but I just feel like I'm craving different types of information. So I've been listening to the How Stuff Works podcast, listening to a podcast about clave, di- clave? cave diving. That was very interesting. I listened to another one on... I can't remember what the other topic was on. And then I've been listening to history podcasts recently because I've realised I know nothing about history. I don't know anything about history. And I need to know more. So I listened to one on the interwar years, which was so good. It's by the BBC they do on. Just search history podcast and it's got like a blue background. I've been really enjoying listening to that. I've been trying to listen to things at the gym, like podcast type things. And... That's been a really good thing that, you know, I've been enjoying. I'm about to finish Little Women and something horrific has happened and I just don't want to talk about it because it's so sad. I'm on the last 50 pages now and it has been a really good read and I've really enjoyed it and, like, I feel like the writing style of it and everything, it is great. But I am excited for a bit of a change now. It was hard to read it fast, I think, because of the way that it was written. I feel like it made me focus on things, but that's not a bad thing. If anything, that's a good thing. I have an inkling that the author might be Joe. I feel like it's going to come to... Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but like I don't think that's a spoiler or anything. I just feel like it's written in such a first-person way of such a first-person experience of this family that I feel like it's definitely based on the author's own experiences of her own family. It would have to be. It would have to be. I forgot to tell you guys. Last weekend was a huge success and we had a great time and the party was so funny and it was really good. Anyway, no, sorry, we're on the new things, not on the life update. I just keep thinking about things that have happened that I haven't told you guys about that I need to update you on. But no, other new things that I've done this week have been not really pressuring myself to run when I don't want to run because at the moment I don't know what it is but I just really don't want to run ever so I'm gonna try and go tomorrow but also if I don't want to go then that's okay I've been going to the gym a lot recently and I'm remembering that like that is also training it's a different type of training but it's still training and that's what's that's what's important but anyway, we should probably end this week's episode because I have been on the phone with you for a very long time. A very, very long time. And I feel like you've definitely got other stuff to do. So thank you for listening. It Honestly, it means so much. And I'm so glad that you're here. And make sure that you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod and the other one. No, they're both the same, which is very, very good. I'm sorry my voice has been so like... <laughs> This podcast episode, I don't know what it is. I don't want to say I'm getting ill again because I don't want to jinx it. So I'm just ignoring it as best I can. But I'm not feeling the most well. Let's just put it that way. Um, Have a lovely week and I'll speak to you soon. I love you. Bye.